Thursday, November 4th. Smiles and balloons. Easier said than done sometimes. Here we go. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old. Put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. We talk about things you are already talking about with family and friends. Conversations about current events, pop culture, and music. Plus, endearing and often revealing stories about marriage, parenting, and even personal growth. I'm Preston Thompson. I'm the producer of the My Second Act podcast, a University of Alabama graduate, and the show's resident millennial. PT. My name's Donna, and I'm Caddy's wife. Okay, can we talk about Pete Davidson? Like, what does this guy have? I'll tell you what he has. I mean, seriously. What? Huh? Well, what what all the ladies like and love. A charming Just, personality? Yes, funny, his personality. witty. No, something else starts with a P. All right. Patchouli. Never, yes, that's it. He smells like patchouli. Well, here's the thing. I don't understand this at all. I mean, I, I just don't get it. I, I don't think he's funny. He's very funny. I don't get him. I really don't. And maybe I'm showing my age here, but I just don't get him. Charlotte has told me before. Charlotte she, is our 15-year-old. She crushes on him. She thinks he's a threat. And I'm just like, wait a minute. What? I've got some work to do. Because I don't get it. If you are scratching your head saying, who is Pete Davidson? I recognize yeah. the name. He's on Saturday Night Live. He's a, a, a cast member. He's tatted up pretty, pretty, pretty good, pretty well. Yeah. And um, who did he date? Okay, well, let's go through the list. He was engaged to Ariana Grande. Yes, yes. Then he dated Kaya Gerber, who's a supermodel, who is Cindy Crawford and Randy Gerber's daughter. And that was, that whole relationship was a train wreck like they were always at her apartment they'd show them outside of new york like the parents cindy crawford and her husband trying to like counsel their daughter on dating this guy now he's dating allegedly kim kardashian you know what i think it is i, I don't know I, I think she is like i don't think that i don't know if they're dating but it's like the whole courtney travis barker thing there, it's like she's trying to be edgy or something, and she's got to find her own edgy guy to kind of match match her that energy and what's going on over that. there. That's a very good point. Yeah, because the, in the past, like if you notice, like um, if Chloe was married to Tristan Thompson, who was a basketball player, and Kendall's dating, um, I can't even think of the basketball guy's name. Oh, the Kim felt yeah. the need to date. Um, yeah, then someone else, the NBA guy. Yeah, but it's like, what is the deal? They all just kind of travel in these packs and. I've ne- I mean, I love the Kardashians. We know this. I've watched it before. And I'm a big, you know, Courtney fan and all that. But it's like they morph into the entire family morphs into whatever one person is doing at that time. It's very weird. Very weird. Weren't they spotted on a roller coaster at some amusement park? Like, yes. Late last week. That's how this all started. And they were holding hands, I think. Yeah. But, you know, as I'm sitting here thinking, it could be she did host Saturday Night Live. So it could be that they just became friends. You know, and she may just find him funny or something. <laughs> PT is a producer of the My Second Act podcast. You have never missed an episode. No kidding. Of Card- Isn't that your thing? The Kardashians? I, I know you're kidding right now. No, but- I'm not. Was it not you? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, you're actually right. Yeah. yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I've binged it all the way through twice with my wife. It's the guilty pleasure show in our household. What's, your, what's your take on this? If Kim wanted something edgy, she had Kanye. Well, Just stay with yeah, Kanye. That's Con- true. How does it get more edgy than Kanye? That's true. <laughs> He's all over the place. Also, Pete Davidson. I I don't know what's going on with him, man. I guess it, the lesson at home is learn to be funny. You, it'll take you very far in life. Got me there, for the most part. Being yeah. funny. He's edgy. He is. Uh, he's a lot of things. He's weird. He's quirky. Um, he has a uh, a warped sense of humor. He is a drug addict. Yeah. Always an was an addict. Always an addict. Yeah. Um, he, he, I think, as we sit here now, still lives with his mother in her basement, right? I think. In, in, in uh, the Jersey. Bronx or Brooklyn or somewhere. New Jersey. Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. I just don't get it. But I you think, know what? It's not, it's not for me to get. Maybe they just like hanging out together and they're friends. I think know? for Kim, though, it's, it's her need to always be in the news cycle. Probably. You know? And yeah. this story has. Vaulted her up there about you know? Courtney. Yep. And Travis. Yeah. I don't know. Which, did you see all the people on Halloween that dressed up like Machine Gun Kelly and Megan, Megan Fox Megan Fox, and then Travis Barker and Courtney? I told you that if we had gone to Halloween party, we were going to dress up like uh, Travis well, and Courtney. I hate we missed that. I do too. But yeah, we... it's not so much for me like the Kim Kardashian thing. It's just like Pete Davidson. Like, what is the deal? What's going He's on? He's funny. Yeah. Yes. Kim Kardashian likes to laugh. He's funny. I guess so. Here in Atlanta, we continue to process the passing of Javita Moore. 
uh, Javita Moore was 53 years old when she passed, uh, if you're listening on Upload Day, a week ago today. And the news broke here in Atlanta on Friday, last Friday. She was diagnosed with brain cancer in March of this year. Seven years later, um, she was called home. And she had two children and a stepchild. I will tell you that Jovita, just like you, Donna, never, ever once considered her stepchild that, her stepchild. I never knew that it was her stepchild. And that's a great, a great honor. When people used to say that to me, I was like, that's good. I'm doing good work here. The tributes for Jovita Moore, who is an icon in the TV news world. Um, she had worked at two very small stations in Arkansas before coming to Atlanta, which is the big leagues for all broadcasting, whether radio or television, um, in 1998, I believe. And she replaced Monica Kaufman Pearson, who is a legend as well. Unbelievable, yeah. WSB-TV, Channel 2 here in Atlanta, is one of the largest ABC affiliates, when it comes to ratings and viewership, one of the largest ABC affiliates in the entire country. Um, like in, in close proximity to the ABC affiliates in, in LA, KABC, and in New York, WABC. The tributes have come in from Tyler Perry. Tyler and Javita Moore had a, uh, a very deep, deep friendship. And that has been uh, for, for a long, long, long time. Tyler Perry lives uh, here in Atlanta. Uh, uh, Stacey Abrams, huge tribute, uh, as well as Governor Brian Kemp. And, and Jovita and Brian Kemp, I remember um, the de- uh, it was a debate or was it was it a debate where, where they kind of went toe to toe. Jovita, although you wouldn't know it from watching her anchor the news on Channel 2, uh, she leaned left as I'm going to stop right there. But uh, Governor Kemp, of course, is our Republican governor. And while they went toe to toe and PT, you work in politics. So maybe you can give some insight on this as well. What Was it a debate? Yeah, yeah. A, a public, uh, I think a public debate where she was asking questions between him and Stacey Abrams. And yeah, you expect that from somebody like Javita Moore. So I think there was probably still a lot of respect there between the two of them. The tributes have poured in from all over. I think the most touching and kind tributes, Don, have not come from celebrities, not come from politicians, but from regular people. I agree. From viewers. You make a connection with people in the media, whether you listen on the radio or listen, uh, whether you listen or watch people on the TV. And we're going to talk about that, uh, just that in this segment. But I'm going to play a 33-second piece of audio from Good Morning America. This was Monday. T.J. Holmes, and you're going to hear him explain this. T.J. Holmes, uh, he's not a regular part of the GMA cast, right? He is. Is he now? Mm-hmm. I know he does GMA 3, but I, I'm rarely yeah, up between 7 he is. and 9. He's great. The GMA uh uh, the morning version of it. It's named that way, turns out. Good morning, America. Mm-hmm. Uh, T.J. Holmes uh, started his career as an anchor here at Atlanta-based CNN here in Atlanta, and this is the clip. From our ABC News family, we are remembering Jovita Moore this morning, a beloved anchor at ABC affiliate WSB in Atlanta. She passed away over the weekend at the age of 54 after battling brain cancer. She's arrived at that station in 1998, spent more than two decades Covering the ins and outs of Atlanta, tributes have been pouring in for Jovita over the weekend from Martin Luther King III to Governor Kemp to Senator John Ossoff. Um, Tyler Perry shared this on Twitter. We know you fought with all you had. I will miss your beautiful smile and warm laughter, let alone seeing you in my living room every day. The Atlanta Falcons also shared a tribute on their halo board honoring her legacy. She survived by her mother, two children, and stepdaughter. I'm sorry, I moved to Atlanta. Uh, as a CNN anchor, and she took me in, and that woman was special. I'm sorry, I no. didn't realize I had to do this read this morning, and but Jovita was something special. Nothing so, to apologize I'm for. sorry. Nothing to apologize that for. That moment was special. She was, and it was special when she would come and visit us here yeah. in the studio, and I absolutely agree with her. Her, her personality, so electric, dynamic, oh. and such a beautiful smile, a beautiful person. That's Robin, that's Robin Roberts there uh, at the end talking about Jovita. I think it sucks that T.J. Holmes felt the need to apologize for becoming emotional and for showing his his true self. Yeah. Do you agree? Yes, I do. I think that, um, well, I mean, I think he was just so choked up. He was just kind of apologizing that way. But, yeah, I, I think that's what's happened is, um, you know, you're not supposed to show your true colors anywhere on, especially if you're um, in the media. 
you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, you're, you're, it's easy. You can, you're, what's weird is you're, it's okay to show anger sometimes as, as a, a TV news anchor. Well, I mean, you hear, you hear them yelling at each other, like, you know, on CNN or on Fox or but I, I debating. Think, but I think there's a difference in cable news and, and, and talk show hosts and uh, talking heads, I guess, as they're called compared to like an, an anchor um, or a reporter at your, your local TV station. Yeah. I just, I, I, I thought it was very endearing. To see T.J. Holmes I did too. show true and raw and, and and emotion that was gritty. I know, I did too. And I'll say something about Javita. I think, you know, anybody who reads the news at night, I mean, you know, there's some gruesome stuff that comes up. And um, over the course of, of the time, like, you know, evening newscasts, even local ones, have gotten a lot of flack sometimes about, like, you know, if it, if it bleeds, it leads, right. or the worst story or whatever. And I will say, I think she's one of the few people that, she would definitely show emotion when she would read stories and just, I mean, you could tell as a mother, as a, as an Atlanta resident, there were stories. Cause I remember, and I could see it when she would, you know, some anchors who read are just very solemn and they have that, you know, RBF thing going perfectly, you know, you can't tell what they're thinking, but she definitely showed emotion um, for a lot of stories. And someone told me that worked at WSB that, you know, we've talked about before that obviously she was a great mentor to, you know, other people who were coming up in the business, just like TJ um, from Good Morning America. But also someone told me at WSB that she many times would reach out to people who um, had been involved in news stories that she was actually reading about and saying, you know, I just want you to know um, I'm thinking about you and I'm thinking about your family and that type of thing. So I, I think she transcended just being a talking head for sure. In this Saturday's issue of the letter, my open is a personal tribute to Jovita Moore that I'm going to share with you right now. Um, I connected with Jovita as a viewer. Years later, I was given the privilege of connecting with her as 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 uh, a colleague and then becoming a friend. But I always felt the connection first and probably most as a viewer. You and I have laughed about uh, when she's, we're not going to call out her her, her co-anchor because uh, she's you know there's three or four of them that they rotate at, at four five six and eleven. There was one though that sometimes gets a little off script. And oh he, yes, and he um he interjects things and 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 it would always make Javita nervous and you could tell mm-hmm. because when the camera then cut to Javita sometimes the camera would catch her side eye mid side eye uh-huh. and just almost like an expression of what. Yeah, somebody, you know? please get control of and this you man. Could, you, yes. could, you and I laughed about that through the years. Um, Listen, it was some of the best viewing you've ever seen at five o'clock just to see. Her reaction to. Well, and his reaction yeah. to something he was reading. It's like, oh boy. Okay. Hey, you. Mom knocked gently on my bedroom door and opened it slightly to say, Bob Inman is on the phone for you. Wait, what? How is that possible? Mr. Inman had just signed off the 6 p.m. newscast as the first string anchor on WBTV, the CBS affiliate in Charlotte. I walked to the kitchen, picked up the red rotary phone on the wall, and with a cracking voice introduced myself. Mr. Inman had called to thank me for the note that I'd written to him and to answer some questions I had about TV news and broadcasting. We talked about my goal of pursuing broadcast journalism at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, home to one of the most prestigious radio, TV, and motion picture programs of any university in America. Well, that didn't happen or even come close to happening, but it's early in this column and I'm already off my mark, as were my grades in high school. Mr. Emmon and I became buddies and remained in touch by exchanging letters and the occasional phone call. When he would visit Valley Hills Mall in my hometown of Hickory, North Carolina, I would always drive over and we'd often grab a bite to eat in the food court after he had met with his fans and signed copies of any one of the just published novels that he had written. Radio personalities have an advantage that our counterparts in TV news do not. It's the ability to have our identity camouflaged in public because our voice is often the only characteristic that is recognized. Anchors, reporters, and meteorologists who appear on your local TV station are the, always the target of curious second looks and isn't that so-and-so whispers and even obnoxious finger pointing. That was the case when a TV anchor with the status and likability of Bob Inman made an appearance in our small town about 60 miles southwest of Charlotte. I always felt prideful to be walking beside him, if only on our way to enjoy a slice of pizza from the food court. Mr. Emmon was always so thoughtful and generous with his time and truly took possession of this kid and his dream. 
Just like Mr. Emmon, I've done my best to pay it forward during my broadcast career to people who have reached out with questions about radio and TV and the best way to start a career. When you watch a particular TV anchor deliver the news or you listen to a specific host yak it up on the radio, it becomes easy to consider them a friend, even if you have never met them. For me, growing up, that included John Boy and Billy, the morning duo on Charlotte's 99.7 WRFX The Fox, who were the first to plant the seed in my tiny mind that maybe radio, rather than TV, was the way to go. I was way outside of their 1834 demo, but I connected with them and found them to be very funny, especially when they loitered in the blue area with their on-air content. Come to think of it, I probably began to learn the dicey and risky craft of double entendre from John Boy and Billy, listening to them before school. And many times, I too have been accused of dawdling in the blue area with my on-air content. The irony is not lost. That I've been a broadcast personality that many, maybe even you, have connected with during my 25 years in Atlanta radio. Some of those connections have turned to personal ones, and a number of my closest friends today began as listeners of my radio show. For the past six months, I have been irritated with the Channel 2 anchors who began each newscast by saying, I'm in for Javita Moore, who continues to recover at home. You see, since March, when an aggressive form of brain cancer was found, Javita Moore has been on leave from Atlanta's most popular TV station. There have been plenty of days at 5, 6, and 11 that I'd bark, That's right, Sophia! Or Linda, or Carol, or Lori. But she's coming back soon. So let's come correct and not get comfortable using Javita's makeup mirror in the dressing room. My irritation wasn't personal or ill-intended, but I've always connected with Javita. And I look forward to the day that she returned healthy, both in mind and spirit, to the anchor desk. Jovita was my comfort food on the hectic Atlanta TV news stage. Joe was my mac and cheese and chicken pot pie. She was my pizza rolls or my mom's homemade chili. I knew every day what I was going to get with Javita and always expected and appreciated her consistency. I had the connection long before I got to, uh, I had that connection rather, long before I got to know and work with Javita, many years after she arrived in Atlanta. We'd be partnered by former WSB-TV VP of Programming and Production, Art Rogers, to host some TV productions like the popular Great Tree Lighting at Linux. For eight years, we shared a Thanksgiving dinner together with the production crew, camera, light techs, and artists that had been hired to perform later in the evening in primetime on Channel 2. For those delivering the news on TV, it's crucial to win over viewers by exposing the personality for you to test drive and eventually embrace. That can be challenging because newsies are reading from a teleprompter and local TV anchors are not commentators like in cable news who interject their opinions and beliefs. It's quite the opposite in the radio sector where we are encouraged to share personal stories and our perspectives and our convictions with listeners during four or even five hour programs each day. We're also able to show appreciation to our fan base when we have an appearance at the grand opening of an advanced auto parts store or a new car dealership in town. No picture exists of Jovita Moore standing behind a wobbly table at a new Popeye's franchise signaling you to spin the prize wheel to scoop a 20% off coupon for a new crispy cod sandwich featuring a citrusy tartar sauce. That's because TV personalities are held to a much higher standard than radio personalities as they should be. I arrived in Atlanta in 94 and quickly settled on Channel 2 as my preferred TV station and local news source. As a viewer, I had a similar connection with Jovita's predecessor, legendary news anchor Monica Coffin-Pearson, but when Jovita arrived in 98, she was new-fashioned and wide-eyed. Having only worked in small markets in Arkansas, Atlanta is one of the biggest broadcast markets in the country, and WSB-TV, one of the most supreme ABC affiliates in America. When one of your favorite media personalities moves on to another gig, or they are fired, or they pass away, it can make you feel heartbroken and sad. Because that friend gave you, if only mentally, a place of safety and peace. You feel lost because you relied on that friend to remind you that things are going to be okay. They were such good friends 
that even when they wondered if things were indeed going to be okay, they didn't let you know otherwise. I speak for all of Atlanta when I say we feel heartbroken. And sad. And lost. Because our trusted ally and beloved communicator, our friend, Jovita Moore, has lost her very brave fight with brain cancer. I bet that Jovita was your cheese grits or Ben and Jerry's Chunky Monkey, your favorite comfort food, like she was mine. Godspeed. May you rest in peace, Javita. The same peace that you gave millions of Atlantans through the years. That's it. So, um, Very nice words. I, um, you know, this just caused a, I think, you know, coupled with my mom's passing, this yeah, was it's just been a, tough. it was like a, another punch to the gut, but I think we mentioned last episode, it has um, allowed me to realize the importance of connecting with people. Yeah. Um, I reached out to Bob Inman, hmm. the uh, anchor from Channel uh, Channel 3 in Charlotte. The kind of a... Uh, how old is he? Um, Mr. Inman is... I don't know, Donna. He, I don't know. And I don't want to guess. Um, he retired years and years and years and years ago from, from TV news. And he lives in Boone, North Carolina with his wife, Paulette. And he's an author. Oh, wow. And that's something that he started. He started publishing books and writing books towards the end of his TV news career. I reached out to him uh, Friday. Hadn't communicated or had contact with Mr. Inman in at least 10 years, I would think. And I just sent him an email and I said, hey, we hadn't connected in a while, but um, you're on my mind. And some other personal stuff. And he wrote back. I think that I was so blown away with the fact that this man took the time to pick up the phone and call a 12-year-old and took an interest. It would have been easy for him to... I'm sorry, you know, I'm not going to apologize. I just said it about T.J. Holmes. Yeah. Why are you apologizing? Yeah, you shouldn't. You know, rather than write a note back, thank you, little kid, for your interest and your kind words. Good luck at Chapel Hill. That would have been easy. He picked up the phone and he called. And that, I learned that lesson from him. Learned so many lessons from Bob Emmett. But, um, you know, through my career, I'll pick up the phone and I'll call people. Uh, you know, people that complain, you're, it, it's very easy it, or it's easier to turn someone around if, say, they come at you with a complaint or uh, they didn't like something that you did. If you pick up the phone and you have a conversation with them, it's much easier to turn them back around and, and have them back on your side. And you did used to do that. I, I did, a lot. Uh, Mr. Emma wrote, uh, hi, what a thrill to hear from you. And thanks for those incredibly kind words. A wise fellow once told me that one of the most important things we do in this life is invest time, interest, and support in someone younger. Now, give me your phone number so I can call. So we're going to have a call uh, later this weekend. But um, I think it's fabulous, and I think it's something that um, you have uh, to remember as you, you know, and again, you don't have to have the best career in the world to do this. You know, a lot of times it's, I mean, I, I've heard my friends say to me, like, you know, if you don't work, what do you have to offer people, whatever? Well, you have a lot to offer. I mean, you know, there's always somebody who needs your wise advice. If, you, if you've if you parented a child, if you've gone through a divorce, if you've lost a parent, if you, you know, there, there's just, there's always someone who needs to hear from you. I, th I think it's great. I think it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of been interesting, the people that you've been pulling out too, because a lot of them are people career who, you know, we talked in the last podcast about you reaching out to Moby, who was right, very influential right. on your career. And obviously, Bob Emman was as well. So I think it's great. Last time I saw Mr. Emman, uh, it was 2009. You, you remember this, I'm sure. I was in the cast of the Buddy Holly story at the Roswell Culture, Cultural Arts Center with the George Ensemble Theater. Yes. And Mr. Emman had, uh, I don't know how he knew that I was in the cast, but it was like a, a two-week run in Roswell. And he and his wife, Paulette, drove from Boone 
to Roswell to watch a performance. That's insane. I don't know that I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you were there that night. It was a Sunday. It was a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. One of the matinee shows. And uh, some uh, Bob Farley was the director. And I think he came back to the dressing room afterwards. He said, there's somebody in the lobby to see you, which is not, that wasn't unusual if you know, your friends, family that had yeah. come to see a show. And I walk out to the lobby and there's Bob Inman. Wow. And his wife, Paulette. And I met Paulette, his wife, through the year several times. And, um, and he was kind of like the anchor that your mother, the connection was too, that your mother watched him on right. her local newscast. Just like same thing that we've done. So that was kind of the connection too. And I mean, that was awesome that your mom reached out to him and said, hey, my son's interested in this. Can you give him a call and give him some advice? So that's awesome. Well, I wrote him a letter. Mama didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, but she was crazy about old Bob. She had a case of the Bobs. She had a case of the Bobs. Yeah, we've laughed about that through the years. I think, yeah, Mama, she had her case of Bobbies. Uh (laughs) She She did. But listen, a lot of women in that, you know, in that time period, you know, he's a it still is, but a good-looking, handsome man. Well, you know, and perfect he's hair. On, and, he's on TV every yeah. night. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So, um, David Muir Friday night on uh, ABC World. Who News. also has perfect hair. Uh, yes, and is also a very handsome man. Yes, um, had a, had a great tribute to uh, Javita as well. So she touched so many people uh, in the in, in the broadcast world, uh, but so many people when she was in Arkansas, and and for the past what twenty two years here in Atlanta, so Godspeed, Javita Moore. All right, thank you for allowing me that. I appreciate it. No, it's fabulous. Um, Great work. Let's jump over this. We'll pick that back up. And let's uh, let's add some hype songs. Let's bring it up. Let's bring it up. All right, I am doing, to the hype song playlist, I'm adding, not doing, I'm adding uh, Lady A. Or do we have to call them Lady Annabelle in there? I don't know what you call them. What are we, where are we at with that? Well, anyways, I just looked and we have no Lady Annabelle on the playlist. Right. Okay, but I like them. So I am adding Live, Love Don't Live Here anymore. Love Don't Live Here anymore. Okay, you done? Well, I mean, yeah. Do you want me to tell you anything about what? What do we want to know about Lady Annabelle? Uh, nothing that I don't already know. All right, but they are from. Uh, there's that one three... looks like a Muppet. Who? Dave. Dave. Oh, there's three Dave of Hayward. them. Hillary Scott. One. Hillary Scott, whose mother, as we've talked about before, is Linda Davis, who Does sang with Reba. Yeah. Uh, Charles Kelly, adorable, and Dave Haywood. Dave and Charles, both UGA graduates, too. Correct. And uh, Charles Kelly, if you don't know, his brother is Josh Kelly. Who used to be married to uh, from Gray's from Gray's Anatomy, Catherine Heigl. Heigl, yes. And he had a pop career too. He had a he, had a, he hit, did. Josh uh, Kelly had, a hit, you know, hit, he had pretty big. Hit. He had pretty big career. So they're definitely from a um, a media family. I mean, a musical family. But here's the thing: what's funny about Lady A is now when you pull them up, what do you think is the biggest topic that's going to uh, come up? The the lawsuits and spat between the Lady A jazz singer that's in Correct. Seattle, I think, and, and Lady Annabelle and the country trio. Which this has nothing to do with the pop song. I mean, the song that I'm adding, but it just shows you that, like, I mean, like they had this again, this incredible career, and then now when you like pull who, up who, their, who? well, Lady Annabelle, and they've had a good career. Good. Okay, and then when you pull them up, though, that's the, that's the, the that's the story. anger and the bitterness yes. pops up, and it's like these poor three people. You know, they just they, they had this name for a long time, and maybe they should have done a Google search. But whatever. same same trio, by the way, that when the Black Lives Matter. Um, that's where the whole Lady A thing came from. You know, they identified as Lady Antebellum until Black Lives Matter hit last summer. And then they suddenly right. got a got a conscience, I guess, and decided Antebellum has a negative connotation with it. Or, you know, it's based on the southern antebellum plantations, you uh-huh. know, and they were always proud of that until uh-huh. March, April of 2020. Yeah. And then they said, you know what? Whoa, pump the brakes. They got woke. They got that's the word. They got mm-hmm. what we're now Lady A. And this African American jazz singer was like, No, you're in not. Seattle was like, wait a minute, I've been Lady A for thirty years. She did not have it trademarked though, if I recall. Wasn't that yeah, the dispute? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Or didn't have the proper trademark or something like that. Right. And that uh, that that stuff continues, I believe, today, the uh, litigation and it can be timely and costly. So what did they so like litigation. when when they book them places, do they book them as Lady A? Uh, I don't know. That'd be interesting. Put a Google on that PT and we'll pick it up at the end of the episode. That'd be interesting because have they shifted now that BLM and the woke movement has subsided somewhat? I'm curious to know if now you book them as Lady Annabelle or as Lady A. So we'll uh, we'll make a note, pick that up at the end of the episode. Google, let's put a Google on that. Put a Google on that, PT. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, what is your hype song? Leonard Skinnerd, Sweet Home Alabama. Okay. Well, now let's just hit it. Let's go with that. I had lunch with a good friend of mine, Jamie Bendel. Uh, Jamie is is just a fantastic guy, dad, husband businessman entrepreneur he does everything but uh, jamie lost his mother about a week before i did and so after you know a few days after his mother passed we had a great lunch like a two three hour lunch and just talked about everything and 
Uh, then my mother passed a week later. And he says, well, I guess we need to uh, have lunch again. So we did a few days ago. We were, we were having a conversation about uh, the songs that you may want to have played during your funeral service. Mm-hmm. And Jamie says to me, do you think that it would be inappropriate at my mother's memorial service to play Leonard Skinner for Sweet Home Alabama? And I said, I, I personally do not. Now, his mother lives in Vermont. It's not like she's in Valdosta or Atlanta. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm not. Go ahead. You don't think the Leonard Skinner? No, I think would that be it's appropriate? fine. No, I think it is. Yeah, absolutely. I remember the song coming I up. I thought you were going to say he wanted that song played. No, and I didn't realize it was her, so I love it. No, for his mom. Yeah. For, at, at her service. Um, and I said, well, Jamie, if you did play it, would you play the seven-minute version or would you play the radio edit? And he said, listen, if you're going to go in, you might as well go all in. I would play the live seven-minute version. Can you imagine like people getting out their lighters and I love it. holding them up during the... Uh, during During the the service yeah Yeah. swaying back and forth all right so there's your two for this episode of the my second act podcast the spotify hype song playlist enjoy it hours and hours like 40 hours now i believe of music growing up when you were a teenager were you the cool house or were you the party house cool house meaning you say there's a difference between these two between the cool house and the party house? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We'll get into that. Isn't but, the cool house the party house? No, no. The cool house is where you go and you feel safe. Okay. And you feel comfortable. Yeah. And you like the parents of your friend. Yeah. You enjoy being there. Everybody, most all, you know, people come and go. You don't have to announce or text or call to say you're coming. You yeah. just show up. Yeah. Now, don't ever do that at my house. Yeah. Now, the, for Teenager Will. or adult. For Will, the Gordons was the cool house. Absolutely was. It was yeah. a very cool house. Yeah. And, and Michelle Gordon, uh, Zach's mother. Yeah. Who's a very dear friend of ours. Yeah. Just. Loved having all the, the the teenagers around. Yeah. Well, even if she didn't, it didn't matter. They were going to be there. Yeah. The party house, Donna, is the house that you went to in high school. Where the parents just don't give a crap. They, they're they they're not there. Or could they be there and be... Upstairs. Or nowadays, they could be there and be okay with it all. A fridge full of beer. And or these, Trulies. At, at the, or Trulies now, I guess. <laughs> and, and at the party house, these parents are okay with you popping a top on a Saturday evening before you go to the party or the bonfire or something like that. I like to think that growing up, we were the cool house. Now, in the summers, we shifted to the party house, and we'll get to that in a moment. But Grammy, my my friends and Julie, my sister Julie's friends loved Grammy, loved Jane, as they called her, because she was just a, she was just a, a just funny and, and welcoming and warm and generous, you know? Yeah. What about I'm Harriet trying to Charlie, think. Well, we weren't the cool. Well, I mean, we weren't the cool house. I'm just trying to think like where we see. It's kind of different because I think your generation is the first one who kind of started that. Like in my generation, we didn't want to be at our parents' house. Like I can't describe it. So there was no. I mean, there there was kind of a cool house. I mean, maybe, and there were certainly places that we would. That there were people who would have parties and stuff, but. Most of us just didn't, we wanted to go. To the skating rink. Yeah. Or to Six Flags or to the bars or to Buckhead. Yeah, I'm telling you. 16, though. Well, we had our fake IDs. We've been through this before. It just wasn't the same. We weren't just like, I don't know. There wasn't as much like hanging out. Now, I did, like I said, I've told you before, you know, my the, the Olivers who lived across the street mm-hmm. from me, we would definitely hang out in their basement. And we'd watch all the Evil Knievel like jumps and stuff and things like that. That's how old I am. But yeah, I think that's, I think that's something new. And I think it's even evolved from your generation to like now with our kids, you know, I think like maybe the cool house used to be the place you went before you went out. Now I think it's the destination because all of the houses now, or a lot of the houses have like fire pits and places for kids to Swimming go. Swimming pools. Yeah, for kids to go down cascading to. Cascading waterfalls and finished yeah. basements. That, that exactly. That would bigger, rival a, a country bar. Bigger you know? than your home growing up when exactly. we were kids. Exactly. Just the finished basement. You know? Yeah, Charlotte was just at a house the other day for a Halloween party and it has secret rooms, not for bad stuff, but like secret rooms for like, there's a pinball, there's a, an entire game room section and one with pinball machines and all this stuff. And I, I do think that's great as long as the parents are going to take on the the responsibility of it all. And again, like boring parents and me saying that, but I personally, am, I would be very uncomfortable with that liability. I just would. If it was two, three kids, it's one thing. But when you get that like 40, 50, 60 kids, it's just... That's a lot of responsibility, you know? 
there were two summers. It was my freshman and sophomore summer. Or how about this? When I was becoming a sophomore and when I was becoming a junior, my sister was becoming a senior and a college freshman, I guess. I don't know, but we had two years between us. My mother, Grammy Jane, took a job as an instructor at the North Carolina State Legislature School at Western Carolina University, which is where my entire family went to school and graduated, with the exception of me. I made it one year. But I've done okay. But it was an impactful year. It was just that. I wouldn't trade it for anything. So mother would be gone for an entire month. The month of July, mom was gone, and she would leave my sister and I alone at our house. It just doesn't sound like a good idea. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you what I discovered during these two summers in July, back in the late 80s and early 90s. I discovered things that, that no 16, 15, I couldn't even drive the first year. That'd be like Charlotte, like I us know, leaving Charlotte month, and Olivia at for home. For a month. You're Can you on imagine? Your own, cook your own meals. No. Um, everything. We had people over at our house from sunup to sun. There were friends of ours, Donna that lived there for 28 days. Like it was a rehab. And let me tell you, it was anything but. Mm. But these, we had friends that would just move in for the month. But like, did they trash your mom's house? No, was it well, like- we had a couple of ragers. We had a couple of ragers. And I'll tell you that, that one weekend, you know, we've, ta- you and we've I was, talked about it on the podcast. I have, but I have this sense of, 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 of being able, I have, what is it? Just this sixth sense, I guess. Uh-huh. I can't use it to my benefit, which sucks. Or I'd pick us all or some evil. lottery numbers. Right. And I would love that as well. Yep. Um, it just, um, I can feel things coming. Like uh, if I'm driving down 400 southbound, heading into Buckhead from where we are now in awesome Alpharetta, I can sense that uh, Roswell policeman sitting on the, the you know. Uh, Median. Of, of 400 southbound there to Holcomb Bridge Road or whatever. Mm. It's always, again, I can't use it to my benefit. I had a feeling for some reason that mother was going to pop in, that she was going to come home. Again, it's about a three and a half, four hour drive from Cullowee, North Carolina to Hickory. We had, there were so many people in our house, Donna. We had people parking in the backyard. We had people that were on every street. I bet there were 150 people in our house. And it was a party. I mean, a party. Someone comes in the kitchen through the garage and says, hey, Jane's home. What? It's like 11 o'clock at night. Everybody's like, ah, Jane's not home. Jane walks to the damn front door. Oh, boy. Her house is, it's like a. Um, I, it's like, like animal house, like Donna. a frat house. I mean, people, there's dan- jumping up and down, jump, jump, jump. There's people <laughs> on the deck. There's people grilling out. There's people topless? drinking uh, topless. There's people drinking hunch punch out of the, the tub. There's people in her bedroom. There's people, and, and she just walks in. And her house was on the market. It was for sale at the time. Oh, my gosh. She walks in the door, and she, she looks at me, and she says, hi. Is the house being shown tomorrow? I said, no, ma'am. She said, okay. That was it. Wow. That was it. I would have freaked out had I come in and seen that. She didn't. Now, the neighbors called the Catawba County Sheriff's Department. Uh-huh. We were not in the city. We were considered county. And uh, they sent about a dozen patrol cars, and they blocked off the entrances and exits to the entire neighborhood so no one could leave. Mm-hmm. And then you had to line up. Remember in, in the in the Javita Moore tribute, I mentioned the red rotary phone on the kitchen wall? Mm-hmm. Okay, you had to queue up at that, that phone. And call your mom and daddy. And call your mom and daddy. And with a sheriff's deputy standing right next to you. Because there was no speakerphone back then, you know, but he wanted to make sure that you were, and he probably even took the phone to confirm that it was your he mom and dad. Grab that phone. They had to come pick you up in our house. Oh my gosh. Is the house being shown tomorrow? Didn't someone break her toilet in her? Yeah. 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 Jumped out of a. I have some questions. Yes, ma'am. Again, questions from the panel. So how would you keep this house clean for them to show it? Well, because I, I think it's safe to say that our friends for the most part were very respectful. This, uh-huh. is, this was a party that, you know how, did y'all have several different high schools like within a yes. 15, 20 mile radius of yours? Yes. We had about a half dozen uh, within within 20 mile radius of St. Stephen's High School where I went and my sister went and where all of our friends went. This, the, the word of this party kind of spread. I'm sure. To, to Bunker Hill and to Newton Conover and to Caldwell where, where Eric Church went, you know, 10 miles down the road where he went to high school. At, Maybe uh, he was at party. Could have been. Maybe he was the one that was. Picking on the back deck while his friends were grilling. I don't know, but it was. Um, Did Julie cook you meals and stuff? No, no, Julie. Julie. Uh, How'd you get uh, to your orthodontist appointment? I guess I just didn't have one in July. Of that those two years. Oh my, my teeth God. went crooked because Mama had to go pick up. How'd you get to your swim lessons? <laughs> I mean, like, 
How did you live? You didn't have parents I got at by. home. I got by. You like raised by I ex- wolves. But I experienced, I, I, we were, but I experienced, my dad was not happy. He didn't know this was going on, but my parents were divorced. Right. And my dad found out that we were living uh, yeah, by ourselves. Unsheltered, unfettered. 15 and 17. Like feral cats. Yeah, he was not happy. He got on mama about that. I bet. Yeah. But PT's the producer of the My Second Night Podcast. <laughs> I've got a party story I've got to share. Oh, Please. I can't from, wait. from my youth. Okay. So wait. parents are out of town. Very typical. Have about 30 high school kids over. My brother's there. Just kind of like making sure we're all being safe. He's nine years older than I am. All right. So he's kind of babysitting a little bit. Everybody sleeps in the house because we don't want anybody driving. You know what responsible young teens That's we right. are. Uh, a friend who shall not be named takes a rest on the all white couch in the reading room of my parents' home. And in the middle of the night, has a little accident on an all-white couch. Oh. A number one or number two or number three? Well, I don't know that this is numbered. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He'd had a lot to drink. All right. Oh we'll put goodness. it that way. And, and we made sure he was on his side, which helped him, didn't help the couch. So, all-white couch. You know, I'm, <sighs> I'm in trouble. I'm packing my bags. I'm going to go to a boarding school. It's going to be fine. So, my parents are coming home the next day about, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon. So, we wake up that morning. We shovel everybody out of the house. My brother's like, Calm as could be, because he's a much more party animal than I am. He'll admit that. Calm as could be. Takes the cushion that is uh, damaged, Flips we'll it. say. Okay. Right. Does not flip it. Puts it. Puts the cover of it in the wash. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just going to see what we're working with here with this all-white cushion. Comes out, looks pretty good. He used some sort of bleachy magic or something. He's clearly done this before. But there is a massive tear down the middle of it. Oh, Not goodness. even to the point where you could put the cushion back in and flip it over. Which, as a mother and a woman, that would cause more problem than Correct. the first problem. Absolutely. Yeah. So, my parents are coming home in about 90 minutes. He goes upstairs into my mother's closet and grabs the sewing kit. And this 24-year-old adult male sews this pillow back together and it buys me cover from this party story for 10 years. Until, until. my Until my parents move out of the house... Get rid of the couch, and then I feel comfortable enough to tell him that that I couch. I love is it when the ruined. stories always come out what was later. The, yeah, what was the reaction from, from when you when you came clean they're, and you're much older, and now it's kind of a you know after my joke. parents experienced the youth of my brother, they're always just happy nobody gets hurt. Right, they're like, "Is everybody okay?" Yep. Well, you know, things happen. But as soon as they sold that house, boy, the stories just yeah. came crawling they out. Come the out. truth. The truth. I think mm-hmm. it's funny, too. when She'll like, set you free. Like, as a parent, or even, like, my parents used to do this, too, when they're still kind of mad at you, like, 20 years later, they're like, I, I can't believe you yeah. did that. It's like, okay. The what would you like me to do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the statute's expired, Mom. But I've done that to my kids. Like, when they've told me some story, which will go nameless, and I'm like, okay, but, that, but you shouldn't have done that. That's not what you told me happened. Yeah. Like, when Will snuck out of the house and created, like, that fake ferris bueller type person his under bed. his bed yeah, yeah. It's a pro move yeah. yeah it really was smart and it, but he had a hard time doing that because you would leave to go to work at 3 30 at 3 30 in the morning and you would sometimes tell me like you're like i don't know he either he's not there you even told me before like the next morning which this is shocking you didn't wake me up in the middle of the night and been like i think such and such was maybe having a party up in their room i'm like what <laughs> But like, I gotta go. I gotta go to work. <laughs> I don't know. I heard weird. I don't know that happened. Yeah, you'd be like, or somebody no, snuck in or out because you no. like. I heard weird noises Maybe. at three thirty. I'm like, oh Maybe. my god. Maybe, Maybe we should investigate that. My mother would would sometimes find like a random beer cap. Mm. You know, you think you've cleaned up, and it's like you've gone in with with like CSI. But that one precision. thing. But they find that one thing. You know, it's a a Miller Light tab, a tab, or a, a bottle cap or something. A natty light. And then that just, it all goes downhill from there. You know? Oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, we definitely, the only thing we used to do is we would steal my parents. Um, well, and everybody's parents. We'd steal their, like, liquor. And fill it back up with and water. And fill it back up with mm-hmm. water. Yeah. My brother would toss the beer cans over the fence into the neighbor's backyard because out of sight, out of mind. Uh, listen, you know? Whatever works. And then eventually you know? the neighbor shines a flashlight in their backyard and it's just littered with little silver cans. Well, I told you what someone said to me when your kids go, when, if you're an adult and you're listening to this or a parent and your kids go away to college, you need to give it a couple of weeks before you go up and you're like, I'm going to turn this room into like a beautiful guest room. And then you like start looking under the bed and you're like, what yeah. in the holy hell is going on under here and what has been happening? People have, to, parents have told me they've found handcuffs, vape pens, yeah. bottles, like Jack Dan- empty Jack Daniels Condoms. bottles. I don't even want to go there. But just all kinds of crazy stuff. And you're like, wait, what? But what kid before they move out doesn't look under the bed? 
are you kidding? Most kids don't even know they have underneath the bed. Have you ever uh, yeah, looked under do. our just, kids' beds? Where, I have not. No, I have yeah. not. Nor, okay. So I take. I, I want to redact that because I haven't. Redact. Nor would I want to. Yeah. Yeah. I like that word. That's a legal word. I like that. Uh, ben Mayfield is a pot peep for this episode. I was listening to the episode about your mom's funeral, and it brought back memories about my mom's funeral in 2019. She was killed in a traffic accident, so everything was kind of unexpected. The line of people coming through the line was kind of overwhelming. And we spoke in a recent episode about uh, about the receiving part portion yeah. of a uh, you know part of the protocol and pageantry of the funeral. The one thing that sticks out in my mind were the people who came through and said how much they loved her. I so wanted to say the feeling was definitely not mutual because I know my mom didn't give a damn about many of them. <laughs> anyway, I hope you and your family are doing okay. And if you ever need anything, reach out to me. Ben Mayfield, thank you much. Man. I want you to do that for me and I'll do that for you too. Like if there are people who just happen to show up at my receiving that you know, like have no business there right. and I can't stand them and couldn't stand them and they come up and they're like, I just want you to know we just care. I want you to be like, well, she didn't give two shits of a shake about you, mister. Okay. In fact, let me tell you what she really thought about you. Okay. You ready for this? Lay it down on them. So Thanksgiving, you're going to have family. You're going to have a uh, lot of family. A lot of family. It's all about reconnecting with your family. And then so you want to spend your time in the, the 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 room where everybody hangs out in your house. And everybody has that one room. For many, it's the kitchen. But you know what? If you're hanging out in the kitchen Thanksgiving with your family, you don't want to be cooking. You don't want to have that burden. All right? Dinner Affair is going to take care of you. Every Thanksgiving, every month in November, Dinner Affair offers you. Uh, it's, a, it's a turnkey, complete dinner package uh, for Thanksgiving with all of your Thanksgiving comfort foods in it. All right. And they start, of course, Ken and Stephanie, right with dinner fair with the gourmet turkey breast. Of course, that's the foundation of any Thanksgiving dinner, Donna. It is. And you got to have your sweet potatoes. You got to have your got all, you got to have all your that. Stuffing. Got your that. Your stuffing. mashed potatoes. And you know what? There's a lot of dessert. arguing. At Thanksgiving, there's always a lot of arguing about stuffing. Is it stuffing? Is it dressing? It depends on if you're in the South or you're in the North. What kind of stuffing do you like? You know, just all these kinds of things. So instead of having those arguments, let Dinner Affair do it for you. All you do is heat everything up. Dinner Affair is going to deliver your Thanksgiving dinner to your door. They also ship nationwide. The package serves eight people. You got 16 coming? God bless you first. Mm. Uh, but order two, Thanksgiving dinners, Dinner Affair, dinneraffare.com. Use the promo code CADDY2021, C-A-D-D-Y, for 30 bucks off your first order of uh, the, the dinner packages that they have, that they uh, put up every single month and you order them. Uh, whether you're feeding two, three, four, or or soon six, they're going to add a, a six adult package. Donna, talk to uh, to Stephanie dinner fair in the past couple of days. So if you have a family of six, uh, then you can you can go with that one. All right, making the ordering process a whole lot easier for your family. Six chef created dinners, hundred ninety nine dollars, basically eight twenty nine per serving. All right, minus your your candy discount. If it's going to be your first order. Free delivery, no contract. Dinner fair ships nationwide and a money back guarantee. Dinner Affair, dinneraffare.com. Look for Ask for Donna tapping around the showroom floor at Gallery Furniture, 1600 Brownsbridge Road, Gainesville. Donna, uh, not, not you, Donna, but Ask for Donna, the daughter of Ask for the Wolfman, is part of the Sassy Stompers clocking team. And she's yes. good. She's very she's good. Very she's good. very talented. When this first started a month ago, and I had somebody reach out to me the other day and say, How did this all begin again? And, and it was a conversation that you had very innocently on the podcast that you wanted to uh, match your. Alta, which is Atlanta Lawn and Tennis Association, I think. My state championship. Uh, with, a, with a clogging plate, championship. My state championship plate. Because you clogged as a young child. The Kennesaw Cloggers. Kennesaw Cloggers. As did Donna from Gallery. Don, if you don't know the um, relationship, Donna and I went to high school together. Actually, elementary school. Through high school together. And grew up right down the street from each other. And I didn't know she clogged. I'll be honest with you. I had no idea that she was a clogger. Because and you went to separate dance we, schools. Well, we went to the same dance school, but we weren't on the same team. That's right. She told us she was paired with the adults. With some, some elderly reason. folks. I don't right. know what was going on there. But um, you can see her clogging around. And listen, she's putting in the work. She, she is, is putting in the work. And the same work she's putting in, get ready for this. Get ready for the segue. Yeah. The same work she's uh, putting in on her cloggers and on her going? tap shoes, she puts in with the furniture. Bring it home. Yes. Because. Sell it, Donna. She is a local business woman. Part of the community, same community her dad, um, you know, was a part of for many, many, many years. And um, Gallery has two locations. We talk about Brownsbridge Road in Gainesville, but they also have another location. College Park. College Park on the south you side. You and I are headed to College Park and we get down here today. Yeah, so if you're down on the south side or if you are, honestly, if you're just heading up from somewhere, 
um, to get some furniture, you can stop at that location as well. They're both gallery furniture locations. But again, four or five warehouses full of furniture, yep. stocked to the brim, um, no waiting. You're not going to have to put your money down and wait, 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 wait. And we're getting closer to Thanksgiving. She just um, told me the other day that they have these, and they're really cute. She sent me some pictures, these really cute little side tables. And um, they can go, they're great to go like in between two chairs or beside, you know, um, a couch or something where if you don't want to have like a huge, um, you know, uh, coffee table, you can have a side table and just right. put your drink there and your remotes and all that good stuff. You can take it home today. Yeah. And that is the biggest difference between gallery furniture and the other furniture, uh, big box retailers that sell furniture. Donna had the, 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 the thought, you know what, when the pandemic hit, I should probably go ahead and order and, and stock up on some stuff. And Donna ordered hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of inventory. It's available for you today. Buy it. Take it home today. Gallery Furniture, 1600 Brownsbridge Road, Gainesville. PT is the producer of the My Second Act podcast. What's the verdict on Lady Annabellum or Lady A? They are both currently using Lady A right now. They're oh, both, really? both artists are currently using Lady A. So, so there hasn't been a ruling in the, the lawsuit. They're both suing each other. Yeah. And mm. that can take quite a lot of time. Mm. I think as everybody knows, mm. the does. legal system mm. will drag. Yeah. But mm. they... Especially during a pandemic. The... Uh, Formerly known, Lady Annabellum went to Lady, the first Lady A, and said, why don't we just both use it together? And the first Lady A was like, well, that's going to bump me down the charts quite a bit. So they're they're currently still in litigation, but they're being booked as Lady A. I wonder which one pops up when you Google Lady A, which one pops up first? Lady well, Annabellum. Lady Annabellum. I just, I just checked. Right. Yeah, and, and, and stories about the suit, but you know, given time, they're going to bump her down the list. Audio for this episode of the My Second Act podcast from ABC's Good Morning America. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. This episode of the My Second Act podcast produced by Preston Thompson, PT, host of the Georgia Politics podcast. PT is also editor of The Letter. The Letter is our e-newsletter component to this podcast. It's a fun, wispy four-minute read. Delivered to your inbox for free every Saturday morning at 910. Text LEFT ON RED. LEFT ON RED. No spaces, red as in the color red, R-E-D, to the number 22828 to sign up, opt in for free. We don't share or sell your information with anybody. That's subject to change. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act, proud to be part of the App and Podcast Network. Woo!